Hello. Hello there. We were waiting here for you. <laughs> I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta, who is on the phone actually today. Had a little uh, dentistry to do. We do dentistry all week long, trying to pull <laughs> answers out of players. Pulling and Mike had to get a little here. done himself today, but uh, he is... He is with us. This is the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We kind of wrap up the day, although the Steelers were off today. Uh, Wes uh, coming up with this uh, theme song music on his own for the bumpers today. And my early guess, he didn't tell us what this is. We're going to guess what it is. But my early guess is going to be songs by people who were in other bands. Me too. That's what I was thinking too. It's a good guess, Dale. And I might have planted this song first to throw you off. That is not it. That is not, not it. it. Okay. okay. All right. All right. That's, That's what I was originally it. thinking, too. Like, yeah. are we going to hear Wings next or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I, I, I had some ideas here, guys, uh, for, for how I wanted to kick off the show. And uh, Mike, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, we've talked ad nauseum all, all uh, offseason about uh, what the Steelers are going to look like at this position, what they're going to look like at that position in the starting lineup. I think we're all pretty comfortable that the, the Steelers' starting 22 is going to be pretty good. Should mm-hmm. be better than what they were last year, guys improving, that kind of stuff. I wanted to talk about the depth at each position compared to what they have there last year. And so uh, first thing I'd like to talk about is the quarterback depth. Do we feel better? Do we feel worse about the quarterback depth than, they, than we did a year ago at this time? And remember, a year ago at this time, they still had Josh Dobbs. Right. We gotta, do we I'm have Mike? Mike at all? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, oh he's here. Okay. Okay. You want me to kick it off? Yeah, go ahead. Go uh, right quarterback ahead. depth. Do you feel better? Worse? So we have to remember where they were a year ago. Yeah. Josh Dobbs was, was still mm. on the team a year ago. Yeah, I feel better, but it's not going to be the better that most people feel. Uh, <laughs> I kind of liked uh, some of what I saw from Devlin Hodges last year. I think that guy's got a little gunslinger in him. I think he's got a little uh, I'm the guy, you know, that, that it factor as a quarterback. And uh, I think I'm, I'm very interested in seeing what he looks like now that he has had experience in games, both good and bad. Uh, I think you guys both know I'm not a Mason Rudolph fan. And uh, I was not uh, swayed by the – 16 minutes he played against the Jets and, and finally looked like he was getting it. Um, I don't think he's one of those guys that's the guy after Ben, but if we're going to compare it between where we were a year ago and now, I'm going to I'm going to go better uh, for 200 out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, if, if, yes, Josh Dobbs had played some the year before, but I was wholly not impressed with Josh Dobbs the year before. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I didn't think that was – I mean, again, I, w- I was one of the people saying they should have kept uh, Landry, Landry Jones. Landry Jones at the time, sure. You know, Landry Jones is not a, a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but he had been a guy that they'd gotten into and out of games with. He may have been came in handy last year. He would have been – yes. They would have, there were times last year where they would have loved to have had Landry Jones on mm-hmm. the roster. I'm going to say. I don't know about loved. Well, they, they certainly. It, when Ben Roethlisberger Embraced. went down, they would have certainly liked to have had ben Landry Jones on the they roster. They would have played him. I mean, I don't know if they'd have felt great about it. But what was Williamson's line last year about Josh Dobbs in the Oakland game from the year before? If he'd have just thrown it into the ground every play. Oh, they would have won that game. Yeah, yeah. If he took yeah. a snap and just drilled it into the turf, they would have won that game. Yeah. In that yeah. turf, it may have stuck there. It but, may have. It might yeah. still be there. I'm going to go with better too. 
And I think a year ago I liked Josh Dobbs more than I like Duck now. I'm not with you on Duck at all, Mike. I don't think he's an NFL player. The moxie's great and the experience is great. But it's great to be a gunslinger, but if you're a gunslinger and you don't have a gun. Without any guns. Yeah, there's no bullets well, in the gun. Then you're back to the Indiana Jones thing. Most end up dying in a dusty street. You know, so. <laughs> right. You know, Daisy. It's glamorous until it is, and I, I feel you on that, guys. But I'm going to go better just because I think Mason Rudolph will be a noticeably improved player with the experience he got. I think at the very least what they've now found out is that Mason Rudolph is, I, I think, on par with what they had in Landry Jones as a backup. Is that, I agree. Is that great? No, that's not great, uh, but it's also not the worst situation in the NFL to be right. in. I think Rudolph will be a middle-of-the-road backup now, right to second, with chance for a little bit more. And that's better than they had. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I Again, I was not a Josh Dobbs guy. Um he was okay, but mm-hmm. not uh, certainly. I mean, he's, he's not. Nice playing. got pick out of He's him. not playing in Jacksonville for God's sakes, and they right, they right. have no backup. He may be in astrophysics. Yeah, physicist. <laughs> uh, the running back position. Okay, we saw we have essentially the same group coming back this year with the addition of Anthony McFarland and Wendell Smallwood, but we also found out last year I think that Jalen Samuels to me is not an NFL running back. Agreed. I think he's. I think he he's might a, be an NFL weapon. I think he's an NFL weapon, but I don't think he's a guy that you want to. Uh, if we think back to this point a year ago, we're still talking about that New England game. Like, oh, well, Jalen Samuels, he mm-hmm. showed he can be the guy if he has to do it for a game, and that's looking like that's the outlier now, as opposed to what he's going to give you if you have to start him on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think that's obvious, uh, or not obvious, but I think that's on the money. Uh, in, in retrospect, that New England game for Jalen Samuels was a result of Bill Belichick saying, Antonio Brown is not beating us tonight. Yes. Please and hand it to him. I don't care how many yards what's-his-name runs for. Uh, we can work around that. But overall, the position, I, I feel strongly better uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, I think Benny Snell is going to be a, a, a significantly better player, and I thought he was pretty good by the end of last year. And uh, I think that they have – a change-up, uh, you know, speed back, gimmick back option, either Wendell Smallwood or Kenneth Wright or Anthony McFarland, but they have somebody that can play that role. Um, I, I like the position better now than I did because last year, uh, you know, I, I still wasn't uh, sold on Samuels uh, as a guy who could carry it 25 times. And, you know, you always got to factor in, uh, is James Conner going to last and for how long? But uh, I think they got enough there, guys. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go significantly better depth-wise at running back. I want to stop the the ship here just for a second because this time of year I always talk about is the optimism phase. You yes. know, everybody everybody's <laughs> going to come back from injury. All your draft picks are going to hit. And I don't want to forget what I felt one year ago, though. You know, like. That's what I'm trying to take us That's back to. That's what I'm trying to, here, to remember, yeah. and too many long nights at UPJ isn't helping the, uh, <laughs> the old memory. So I'm trying to think what I thought of this stable a year ago, starter aside, but I can't believe I'd like it as much as I do now because I like Snell now more than the day they drafted him. And I'm a Samuel, or, and I'm a uh, McFarland fan. Yeah, I and mean, McFarland's I think the guy who's, who's, you know, who we've changed our opinion on from a year ago would definitely Jaylen. be Samuels. 
his arrows down. Yeah. Right. And Snell's arrows up. So that in itself means a win for now. And you throw McFarlane on top. And, and, and I, I, like I didn't like Benny Snell last year as much as I like McFarlane this year. Agreed. Right. If so, they were both coming out of school, I would have drafted McFarlane. Yeah. You know in what the I mean? same spot. They're both fourth round draft picks. Mm-hmm. So you'd take, yeah. I, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, at wide receiver, um, you bring in Chase Claypool in the draft. Uh, you still have uh, you added Deion Kane to the equation last year, mid midway through the season. Uh, you still have Juju Smith-Schuster. You have James Washington, Deontay Johnson as your your three three of your t- top four mm-hmm. guys. Are we calling Moncrief a starter? So he doesn't Moncrief, count his depth. Moncrief was we a were, starter. We were last year, yeah. right? So Moncrief I don't think was he's a starter at this point. So you know you're looking at you were looking at Johnson as a depth piece last year. Mm-hmm. Washington in year two, Johnson in year one. Yeah, neither one as a starter though. That's Right, I mean, your two starters last year, your and two Hayward starters Bay right now, are essentially Smith Schuster and Deontay Johnson are your top two guys. Right, right, right. So take them out of the equation, and you've got Washington, Kane, Claypool, um, and Ryan Switzer. I'm afraid we're always going to pick this year, but I'm going to pick this year again because I like Washington better now than then. Yeah, I mean, Washington led the team in receiving yards last year. He yeah. showed that he could play and the he's, position. He's moving up in the world, yeah. you know, maybe not by leaps and bounds. And then you use the second round, your first pick in the draft on a freaky guy. I think you got to like it better. But I think last year at this time, who were we excited we, about, or who you know? I kind of like Johnson. We liked what we had seen out of mm-hmm. Johnson. Um, you know, I, I was still very intrigued by James Washington and what he could be um, in year two. Um, that's a that's a tough one actually to me when you start looking beyond the. Was there like Hayward start? Bay and Holton in the equation? Holton and, was in the equation last year as a yeah. backup. Um, he had at least the intriguing speed, not that he ever used it. We, well, he used it, but he just didn't catch the football. He ran real fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one year ago, we talked a lot about Switzer. I think we all liked Switzer better a year ago than we do now. Not that we were doing not cartwheels we, about him then. Yeah, not that anybody was doing cartwheels about Yeah, just to steal your, your term there. <laughs> um, I would say... Yeah, it feels about the same to me, guys. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think Deontay Johnson and Claypool are very comparable. Not that they're the same physical skill set, but, okay, here's a guy you added with a, with a pretty high draft pick that you're expecting to see some things from, and the rest of it is hope and maybe and uh, looking at it kind of with one hand over both eyes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, they they did add I, – I do like Deion Kane as an addition. I right. think he's an upgrade over what Johnny Holton was. Um, yeah, but he wasn't here yet. Uh, that's what I'm saying. He wasn't here last year, but now he is. So he, he doesn't factor yeah. into the equation of what we what we were looking at last year. Um, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same about it. I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I feel like I feel better about the starters, for sure. Yeah. I feel better. Uh, I mean, I, I feel a little you less. You probably had to like Juju better a year ago. I liked now, Juju though. better a year ago, but we were unsure of what he was going to be. And I liked Deontay Johnson a heck of a lot more than I liked mm-hmm. Dante Moncrief. Yes. Yeah, and I didn't think Montrez was going to fall off the cliff the way he I did. I didn't think he would be that bad, but, but certainly. But I, I thought he yeah. would just be that veteran, security blanket, catch a few third downs, you know, get you eight yards on third and seven, that kind of guy. Um, Juju, I thought would be better than he was. I know he was, you know, he was trans transitioning from Robin to Batman and all that stuff, but uh, I still think he's going to have a good year. But I'm, I am less certain of that than I am maybe some other things. Uh, going into this season. Um, interesting guy, Juju. Um, lot, lot depending on Juju. And uh, I'm kind of getting out of my lane here as I drive because 
that's not a depth issue, but um, I don't know. That, that, that It's hard for me to look at the wide receiver position with uh, any kind of degree of certainty just because I think Juju's a guy that could go either way. No, I'm with you on that one for sure, and, and uh, they need him to uh, to bounce back if they're going to uh, be what they want to be this year. I think Deontay Johnson will continue to ascend. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure that Juju is going to ascend, uh, like be – I think he'll be better than what he was last mm-hmm. year, but I don't think he'll ever be what he was in 2018. That might be his best year. As that a pro. might be. Yeah, I mean, that that's might possible. be the top. I mean, he had he had Antonio Brown on the other side mm-hmm. of him, drawing a lot of coverage. Maybe maybe Deontay Johnson turns into that guy, and all of a sudden Juju's now getting free more often. But uh, I mean, yeah. two things worry me about Juju is that he. It's a lot harder to win on the outside against a top corner than to manufacture it from the slot. And I think the offseason moves, Claypool in particular, scream that we want Juju in the slot. Yes. You know, because that's where he, not saying he can't do, he's obviously much better there in my opinion. And a lot of the problem is he doesn't get off press coverage all that well at this stage. He's still only like 17 years old, but I mean, he's (laughs) going to get better, but he's in the league a while now. Yeah, I mean, this is not year one for him. This is mm-hmm. year four, and you would expect that to be better for sure. Um, we'll see if some of the uh, added strength uh, that, that he's put on uh, helps with that. Maybe. Um, you know, they also have a guy on the coaching staff who is famous for uh, motions and things of that nature to help guys get off the time. line and get get away from coverage and get in space. So yeah, I mean, that could be certainly maybe that, be a Maybe factor. that's a factor. Not that I'm extrapolating anything that I've seen at camp because you're not allowed to do that. But I'm just saying, Matt Canada's reputation is as a motion misdirection guy. It puts the yeah. motion on the field. <laughs> I mean, that's what, a big reason you have it is to avoid press man coverage. Yeah, you can't it, press them if it, you're it, be a tell for your quarterback to give, make things a little bit easier for him. We're going to continue down this road while Mike continues down the road back to his home. Uh, we're going to talk about the tight ends and offensive line left. We still have the entire defense to look at as well. This is the training camp report. On We'll be back right after this. I was going to say you're doing Dead Singers, uh, or maybe you're just, uh, Wes, maybe you're just playing guys who have done heroin. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to pick from. <laughs> I think I'm right on this one. <laughs> I don't know how these two songs tie together. Maybe I didn't see the movie they were both in or something, but I'm lost already now. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is the training camp it's report. It's a hard job. I'm it's a Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda. We're going over the, the Steelers roster, comparing it to what we thought last year, a year ago at this time in training camp. Uh, we've talked about the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Uh, we have the quarterbacks going up. The running backs up. The receivers kind of the same. Uh, let's talk now about the offensive line. Do we feel better or worse about the – when we're talking about the depth, by the way. Depth, right. The depth on the offensive line. Do we feel better or worse about that this year than we did a year ago? I'm trying to think how I thought a year ago. That's yeah, my problem with this too. game. Uh, I think I felt better about it going into the season than I felt 
coming out of it. <laughs> but that wasn't really a depth thing. Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, Wisniewski and Finney are the same guy, right? Um, yeah. Fred Banner Johnson was promising. Just, yeah, they had Fred Johnson a year ago. Now they've added... Yeah. You know they've 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 added Dotson. Uh, looks like he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind of a wash for me, though. Yeah, um, I kind of I th- I think I kind of felt better about it last year than I do now. I gotta say, Banner's stock has risen in the last 365 days. That's true. You know what I mean? Like that's true. But he could be guy, one of the starters. I know, but I'm gonna count him as a not starter. Yeah. For the sake of this, Wiz and Finney are pretty much a wash. I'm gonna go better, but I think I'm always going better. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go worse, but I think my opinion was much higher last year than it should have been. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Mike. Saying, yeah. yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like I, I felt like okay, Finney, and and hey, I, I think I was right about this. I think Finney would have been a, a better starter than Ramon Foster at left guard. I bet um, if you gave them honest the truth serum, they would tell you that too when it's all said and done. But they couldn't make the move because yeah. Ramon was who he was, and it wasn't like it was a huge difference. It wasn't like it was a massive yeah, gap. But, not. yeah, I feel like, you know, the depth, I, I think they have good depth there, but I just feel like last year at this time I felt better about that depth. Yeah, I and, I, and I, think, I, I think they're fine right yeah. now, but I think I was uh, off the mark last year, a little too optimistic. So I'll go worse this year. I was going to break the trend. There I, you go. I mean, I remember, like, when they broke camp and they made your final 53 thinking, boy, a lot of teams would kill for – the, the guy the Steelers cut, or the, the you know what I mean, or the, the yeah, last that, that guy could that be the, the case roster. again this year. I, right. I think that they, I think they do have good depth on the offensive line, better right. than most. I mean, I think they got you know seven guys who, if they had to line up tomorrow, could play in the NFL. But, I don't know that every other team can say that. But like, I'd have no no idea if Love is any better this year than last year. Yeah, there's no preseason. I mean, I haven't been to Hinesville. I think well, I think if you remember back to last year at this time. You know, you were looking at a situation where they had nine guys who I thought were NFL quality mm-hmm. players. I don't know that they have nine that's what I mean. deep this year. That's that what I, I was trying to say. You said it better than me that all nine would make any team in the league, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So they, and they might. Year, I I, I, they right. might. I mean, a guy like Derwin Gray may. You know, if he had a preseason, I called him Love. I meant Gray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know um, why I do that? You know, he. I think he's taken some steps forward, but I don't know if he were cut tomorrow that he would be a hot commodity. I just don't know if he's any better or not. I might be loving him. Yeah, I still still know nothing about him. Right. I got got zero on him for you. So, yeah. Preseason, Uh, it kind of hurts. Yeah, that's one position that the preseason would tell us a lot about. Uh, The tight end position is one that I think it has to be better. Has to be, because they had no depth there last year. I mean, how many... They were making trades in the second week of the season to acquire depth at that position. I mean, how many hours on the air a year ago did we talk about, man, there's a big hole behind the starting tight end? Yeah, black hole. Yeah, right. And, uh, it's I, I proved think, to be the case. I think kind of uh, boom or bust also, but, boy, if it's boom, it's going to be fireworks. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that potential is uh, intriguing. It's not – it's far from a certainty, but if he hits, boy, he's going to hit big. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike, and, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's essentially what they have there is two starters. They got a yeah. one, they've got a one and one A. That if one of them happens to get hurt, they've got a backup. One's on. better than the yeah. other, or not. I'm not. You're sure not. Yet. You're not looking for Nick Vanette and uh, Zach Gentry as a rookie to uh, come out there and play, you know, meaningful snaps for you. Trading fifth round picks for, you know, filler guys. Reynolds, right, yeah. right. 
So I, and, uh, you know, something, something McDonald said uh, this week when he talked about Ebron just drawing covers. He thinks that's going to help him. He said, he said he's going to be dunking on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they're in a too tight end set, I bet Vance McDonald's going to feel like he's got a better chance to get the ball this year than he did when Nick Vanette was the other guy. Oh, no uh, doubt about that. Yeah. yeah, well said. So, so Ebron could not only really help you just by his own production, but you know his impact on how the defense has to deploy its guys. We talked about that a little bit with Chase Claypool. Even if they don't throw it to him, if he runs deep, somebody's got to cover him, right? I mean, Pro- yeah, prob- I and this, probably two guys. You don't want to send this a, year. If, uh, yeah. This year they're way better off a tight end. Yeah. Now, at the end of the year, I might be saying, oh, I told you, Ebron. <laughs> right. McDonald's wash. You know, right. The guy's a journey man, and McDonald's hurt all the time, and that position stinks. But right now, I'm bullish on the tight end. Yeah, it it's, doesn't it's, carry a ton of weight, but Gentry's better now than then. We didn't think he'd he? even see he? whatever. I mean, again, I'd like to see preseason. I don't know how. It's awful hard to see how a Gentry or a Gray or these people have gotten better, but at least I don't think they got worse. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I still think there's something there with Kevin Rader, and, I th- and I, I'm, I'm a little intrigued by Dax Raymond from what I saw mm-hmm. in, in brief glimpses on Monday with, of him hitting the blocking sled. And stuff. I don't know if the guy can play at all, but he can hit a blocking sled. I, I, I don't know that Gentry, Gentry can do that to it. Yeah, can level. Gentry do that? I saw a lot of Zach Gentry in college, and at, at no point did I think, boy, the Steelers really need to jump on this guy. <laughs> now, I, I know people are going to say, that's a Michigan thing, and like, whatever. But the, the tight ends coach, James Daniel, talked about him a little bit the other day and said there's legitimate competition with Raymond and Raider. So hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't know if they're trying to light a fire or – uh, you know, give him a little kick in the backside. But uh, for for the purpose of this conversation, fellas, when we're talking about depth, I'm going to talk about Eric Ebron. Right. No, I hear you there. Gentry might enough. just be a miss. Yeah, he, it's a fifth-round pick. Miss, yeah. It's a fifth-round pick. Uh, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, better depth, worse depth, or the worse. same? You think it's worse? They had Hargrave. Well, I mean, Alou Alou was your fourth guy. Okay, but now they got Wormley there. Okay, but I'm really thinking. You got Bugs. You saw, we saw Bugs play last year. I mean, I was really looking through when I screamed out worse. Really, a high percentage of the time, only two of those guys on the field. Right. And right. if I'm bringing Hargrave and Alou Alou off the bench, that's hard to beat. I hear now, I'm going to go worse. I'm going to go worse also because two it was healthy mm-hmm. in training camp. And uh, I, I think Matt and I are the uh, president vice president of the Javon Hargrave fan club. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm I'm on that one too, but yeah, I, I no, you guys, you guys talk me into it here. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. You're right. Alou Alou is coming off the Pretty bench. Strong. Yeah. Now he's in a starting lineup, so that does hurt your depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wormley's okay. Sure. Uh, but he's I don't think he's as good as Alou Alou coming off the bench. Wormley would have been your fifth guy last year. Right. You yeah. know, and now he's your fourth. And now he's your four. And Bugs, I you know, we'll I, see. I, I still like Bugs. Bugs um, is the same as those other conversations. We have no idea if he's better or worse or what. And Daniel McCullers yeah. is Daniel McCullers. Right. I still don't know if Wormley, you know, I still kind of view him as a guy who was sent packing by a team that had real defensive line issues. And I, and I know that the thing didn't work out with uh, the guy from the Rams and all that. They got Clay Campbell and all that. But yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm skeptical there, guys. This is your Michigan bias or your hatred. You think? <laughs> <laughs> We gave you the pass on Gentry, but I don't know about two in a row. Hey, I like Devin Bush. Okay. <laughs> How about outside linebacker? Essentially, they traded out 
Alex Highsmith for Anthony Ciccolo. I'm going to make a leap of faith and say it's better now because I like Highsmith. I'm going to say that? better. But I think a year ago, I'm trying to put myself back at Latrobe a year ago, saying I kind of like Ola. And now I like him a little less. Yeah, and Tuzar Skipper was going to be long right. Taylor and all exactly, that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to go better this year. I, I, I still don't think it's sufficient. No, <laughs> don't, I, don't get me wrong. Right. I don't think it is <laughs> either. Better is relative. Yeah, I think it's. I still think it's the where they have the worst depth on the team, in my opinion. Um, and I, I think yeah. that's a that's a that's a could be a problem. Uh, but if, I don't think Heisman's ready. If TJ or Bud go down, you've got a problem, anyways. Because, Huge problem. Yeah, and Anthony Chicolo was not going to solve that. No, I mean he was a total inning eater. Yeah, he didn't make any plays. He was a with a high ERA, high ERA, and <laughs> no breaking ball. He, he he took the innings for the next day. He didn't he didn't keep you in a. Seven to two games, maybe you could come back. <laughs> right, he turns right. it into an eleven to two game, <laughs> right. and your good guys are fresh. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're going to give that. A, how about inside linebacker? I think you'd have to look at that and say worse because now Vince Williams is in the starting lineup. But I like what I've seen mm-hmm. of Ulysses Gilbert so far. I'm that president of the Gilbert Fan Club. That kid can run. Yeah. It has to be worse. I don't know if he can hold up in the running game, but uh, that's going to be the uh, issue with him. Yeah, can he be? Can he be an every down back? Backer. The Dale's point about Vince Williams. I I thought Mark Barron was. uh, He wasn't great, but I think he was a little underappreciated by Steeler Nation. I agree. And he he played a lot of snaps on the defense. It was pretty good. So he must have been doing something right. And uh, Vince, I think, was better coming off the bench. Uh, They put him there for a reason. Then we'll see if. uh, they can make it work this year, but I'm going to go uh, worse. Yeah, and let's not forget they lost Tyler Matikavich there as mm-hmm. well, who was, you know, you, you didn't want to see him in, this, in the defense, but at least he knew the defense. Uh, now your backups are instead uh, Robert Spillane and Ulysses Gilbert, and that's nowhere near as good as Vince Williams and Tyler Matikavich. I mean, I'm the president of the Ulysses Gilbert fan club, and I've been preaching on this guy for a while, but when you looked, when you, when you go back a year, you say, well, you got Vince Williams on the bench, and you have these two rookies you drafted. Smith, too. I mean, you didn't know if, that he wasn't going to be good. And that's a better frame of mind to me than what you have right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Cornerback. You feel better or worse about the cornerback position? We've, we've gotten to see. Noticeably better. Gotten to see a little is bit Artie of Justin Burns Lane. still on the team? Artie Burns is not <laughs> on the team. You got rid of better. Artie Burns, and you added nobody. Better. Better. <laughs> but Lane, I feel have so much more faith in than I did coming out of that school he went to. Yeah, I mean anybody that they get out of that school, you'll take anybody. You know, right. you got to have a you got to have some questions about, but uh yeah, I mean I, I look at the depth, it might be the best depth if they've Sutton's ever had. Uh, it's, it's fourth a, guy, right. As, as long as I've been covering the team, I can't remember them having this kind of depth at the cornerback. It might position. be their deepest position. You could certainly make yeah, that I mean, argument. Yeah. You know, certainly Camp Sutton is is viewed as more of a sure thing in the sub package stuff and you know, Hilton has a hiccup every once in a while, but a pretty good nickel uh, in terms of the versatility that he brings and his playmaking. Uh, yeah, it, it, and, and, you know, Mike Tomlin uh, gave Justin Lane that kind of unsolicited bump during one of those off-season things and, and talked about how much he liked uh, his development, how well he played special teams and what they were looking forward to in, in terms of year two. Uh, that's a pretty good position. It's hard to say that, Dale, isn't it? We've been conditioned for many years. To, uh... 
look at quarterback uh, with a with a boo boo face, but uh, uh, they got some they got some players. And a year ago, Allen was still in the mix, right? Big six two, six yeah. three kid that was a fifth or sixth round pick a couple years. No, ago. No, he was gone. He was gone already. Yeah. Okay. No, so it's uh, yeah. I think I think that's definitely better. Uh, just again, uh, addition by subtraction to a large degree. But I, I just think it's a better, uh, more seasoned group. Yeah. In, in terms of the backups, how about the safety position? Now remember, this is Minka one, wasn't there. Yeah, Minka wasn't there a year ago. So we, we we didn't know what the this, that doesn't factor into this because he replaced somebody. So we're looking at like Kelly's backup. Yeah, though. we were looking at Cameron yeah. Kelly. We were looking at uh, you know at, at that time Sean Davis was still in the starting lineup. Well, he, um, Kelly started the New England game, didn't he? Yeah, because he was the backup because Sean Davis was hurt. But I guess a year yeah, ago I, Davis was a starter. You know what? This is like outside linebacker, guys. It, it's better, but it still ain't good enough. I think I Curtis. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by what Curtis Riley can bring. I want to see more of him. Um, the guy they added right before camp started. He started games at free safety. They didn't have another true free safety on the roster. Uh, if something would have, you know, were to happen to Minka Fitzpatrick, even last year, you know, they've, no. they for the longest time they've listed Jordan Dangerfield as their backup free safety, and that to me is not an option. Yeah, no way to get any respect doing that. No, <laughs> no, not at but all. When we broke camp last year. We thought Kelly was a find. We did. Yes. You know what I mean? Let's Boy, get what we thought. Who are we wrong Brady about that? that yeah, Tom Brady <laughs> found him a lot. Yeah, 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 you can find him with a bullseye in his chest, but. I, I I I think I at least they've got a guy there who's lined up and started games in the NFL, not in the AFL, as the backup free safety. Or the USXF YZ. Right. So I, I feel Neon wearing league that's going to last five weeks and then go under. Yeah. And they used a six round draft pick on the on the position. True. I have no more faith in Marcus Allen than I did. No, I, I, I Marcus and Allen I to me, if he doesn't make the team, I'm not going to be. It's not going to be the end of the world to me. No, I don't think he's he moves the needle at all. Uh, but I look at that and I and I see, you know, again Dangerfield, uh, Curtis Riley, Antoine Brooks. At I least th- Brooks, I'm gonna. He's at least door number two. Right. You know what I mean. And, and I see I I see more experience there than I did a year ago when Cameron Kelly was your top backup. Right. And had never played an NFL game before and went to New England and, and was tortured. Yeah. You should probably, tra- probably trade for one during the season. spot of the rookies, though, isn't he? What's that? Just because Brooks is probably in the toughest spot of the rookies. Like, they can get a role for Claypool. They can get a role for Highsmith. They can get a role for McFarland if they want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the complexity of the defense, uh, that's going to be – That's gonna. I think he's going to be a special teams yeah, guy. Yeah, he's got to be a special teams guy. And again, he's a sixth-round draft pick, so it's not like they were looking at him and saying, hey, you've got to be one of the top backups here. But I think he's Marcus Allen – um, you may push Allen competition. Away. Yeah, you right, know, right. You may just say, "Hey, we got a we got a new version of you, and this guy's yeah. this guy's better." He's door number two. You know, yeah. I mean, like I know what I have in my hand. And I don't like it. I'll take this guy I'll hasn't find. disappointed us nearly as long. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, we'll give him a year to disappoint us as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when they do the airing of the grievances, it's going to be a new subject on Festivus Day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think overall, we feel a little bit better about. The depth, even though some of the depth is still not great, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we were but a year ago, we're going to be wrong about the Better guys. is relevant. There's no doubt about it. Right. And when you're comparing it to last year, then yes, uh, you know there there are some situations here that that uh, I still think that they need to address. I think outside linebacker uh, would be one that I would look at. Maybe an inside backer. Defense in general is not ideal depth yeah. wise. 
and yeah. right outside a corner. So, but I, I, again, I feel very good. I feel very strongly about the starting 22. Mm-hmm. How about teams? You want to throw those in? I mean, you don't really have backup special teams players, but do you feel better or worse about like, the coverage and the tackling and the returning and all that? Uh, I, feel, I think I feel better about the coverage units than I did. I certainly feel better about the return guys. Better than about the punt returner. Yeah, the punt returner was was you know better an all pro return. last year. I think yeah. when when you looked at their kick return guys or their coverage guys from a year ago, they were trying to replace a bunch of different guys there. They are again this year, but guys like Spillane have stepped uh, forward. I, you know, they they signed mm-hmm. Watt. I think is is yeah. I think you know I heard people rave about Matikavich for years how good he was on special teams, but. You hear the same thing about Derek Watt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were pretty good last year. I think they have a chance to be pretty good this year. Yeah, Nick, Nick's was a good special teamer, though, too. Nick's was, but he wasn't available most of the year last year. No, but a year ago, we thought right. he was a core special teamer. Yeah. If we go back. But again, I'll, I'll don't go forget, back to... I mean, one year ago, we thought Boz might stink. That's true. That, <laughs> you know I what I mean? I think they fixed the kicker position. Right. I mean, one year ago, we were scared to death of the kicker position. And I thought... We, you know, we were certain he had stuck the year before. Yes, we were, we were sure certain it, about right. that. And I'll say this as well. Um, a year ago, it, actually the previous two years, I was looking at Jordan Berry and going, boy, they got to be able to do better than that. Yeah, why are we paying him? Yeah, and right. I, I thought he was pretty solid last year. I thought he was a much better player last year than he had been. I think Steeler fans are, are kind of – Their specialists they, were better. They're stuck, in, they're stuck in 2017 with Jordan Berry. He averaged 45 yards a kick last year mm-hmm. and over 40 yards in that. Dale, the quote of the year in Arizona. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, he's – Oh, bleep <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get the call i saw the guy coming and i thought oh bleep <laughs> <laughs> he is uh mike Prasuda. i'm dale lolly that was a good day mate that was good night yeah that was a uh, good night dick um <laughs> uh you are listening to the training camp report here on steelers nation radio uh we're going to take a break we'll be back right after this Wes, you can point at me as much as you want, but we're letting it, we're letting Pearl Jam play here. This is the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio, breaking things down here uh, to finish off the day on Steelers Nation Radio. What do these songs have in common? You haven't figured it out yet? No. <laughs> I don't think I would in 100 years. All songs from Wes's youth. That's not good enough. That's like th- people have never been to my kitchen. 90s hits, Matt. Come on. That's not. That's too broad, dude. <laughs> I told him the same that's... thing. I think I think my <laughs> my reason for playing those songs is much more. Not that I know that some of those guys have It's like George Costanza saying with... there's three people who have never been to my kitchen. You're like, that's no, that's not Costanza. That was Cliff Clavin. That was Clavin. You're right. I was about to <laughs> give Jeopardy, you great yeah. props for bringing that up. And then and I screwed it Clavin all up. Clavin was on Jeopardy. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> and he was correct on that answer. I think he, I think he got right. I think he got hosed. people have in common? They were never in my kitchen. Right. I think I think Clavin got hosed. <laughs> that was something. I don't know about you guys, but I've watched a just a gajillion shows on Netflix and all the different uh, things Since throughout this, throughout the pandemic. 
And one of the things that I did was I went back and rewatched every episode of Cheers. That was did you really, really early on. Wow. That's a lot of episodes of Cheers, but man, they were, it's a good what show. What an amazing just show, though. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm just getting into now? I'm in season two of Better Call Saul. Oh, it's great. Good stuff, yeah. You watch I Breaking was Bad. Really I, late. I was really late to the Breaking Bad party, and now I've moved on to Better Call, Better Call Saul. And the writing and the acting in these shows and the storylines are just some of the best I've ever seen. It's all yeah. good, man. It's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just finished Breaking Bad for the second time. About two or three weeks ago, I've done three runs. Better on the. Better I've done three runs around. through that one, but yeah, I yeah. missed a lot the first time. Anyway, uh, speaking of missing a lot the first time, um, we haven't gotten to see a ton of practices yet, but we've gotten a few. And Mike, I was just wondering what your uh, what's your takeaways uh, through the first three days of practice. What's uh, what's your main takeaway uh, at, this, at this point? I'll tell you what's really hit me the hardest, and it wasn't from watching practice. It was uh, one of the Zoom interviews. Our buddy Danny Smith has done it again. <laughs> Uh, he was he was asked about possibly opting out, you know, because he's 66 and you know, maybe there was a consideration there. And and he said he's uh, he's Sweet never been sense. a house cat. All he does is <laughs> coach football. You know, he's not going to stay home because he's got nothing else to do, no hobbies. But then he said, and the second thing is technology. I've learned a lot, and I'm going to give credit to our IT people here at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can teach me to get up and running with some of the IT situations that we had this year, and I am functional now. I didn't say I was good, but I'm very functional. Danny Smith, well being done. functional on an iPad and a computer. Oh, Mr. Snyder would be proud, Dale, wouldn't he? Mr. Snyder would be proud. Not that he's been proud of a whole lot lately, but uh, he would certainly Mr. be. Mr. Snyder is. Daniel Snyder. Oh, what's he have to do with it? Uh, Danny Smith, yeah, he, oh, Danny Smith used to work there a lot, and he talks Roger. about Mr. Snyder a lot. Now I he liked Mr. Snyder, and I had respect for him, and uh, he mentions him quite often, once in a while, uh-huh. quite often. Uh-huh. Well, I think my one of my takeaways are from the early portion of this whole thing is I think we're seeing a rejuvenated Ben Roethlisberger. Not to go back to the the Zoom calls a lot, but we, I think we've seen it on the field as well. Um, just a, a little extra hop in his step. I think he's enjoying being on the field. I don't know that if you'd asked him that last year in training camp, I don't know that he would have, you know, oh, I'm raring to go. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be out here. I think he is happy to be out there mm-hmm. this year. You don't think it's just the, the cut and paste answers. It's oh no. Yeah, I think, right, I think right. he's generally enjoying being on the football field right now. And I don't know that that was necessarily always, always the case before when he had to ice that arm every week and the sure. knees and everything else. I think he feels good. I think he feels good about this team. And I think he likes being out there. You know, I think that's a, a very valid point. Uh, but I also think those guys just being back out there is leading to that. And I'll I'll kind of take a page out of Mike Tomlin's book. I'm going to susu- I'm going to assume that that is a global situation. I think teams are probably fired up hmm. everywhere. Um, everywhere there's a camp, sure. yeah. Everywhere there's a camp, guys are probably a late. You know, and they're, so maybe they're going through a lot. You're a 26-year-old athlete who was bundled yeah. down and not able to do what he loves and is great at, and now you can. I mean, that has yeah. And what these guys are going through, you guys watching Hard Knocks? Yeah. They keep showing all the testing and everything. I mean, I just hear about testing. Uh, I don't know if most people understand exactly what's involved with that, but uh, that's a little bit to go through all the damn time. And uh, they're doing it, and uh, they're staying. You know, they're they're not being the guy. Uh, they're, they're taking one fail, all fail to heart. Uh, but Joe Hayden's talked about, uh, you know, everybody bouncing around and running around and people have observed uh, how much energy Eric Ebron brings. And it's, you know, um, they, they had this on the practice notes so I can talk about it. Uh, 
during the two-minute drill the other day, the defenders who were not playing were screaming, trying to create noise, you know, like it was a road situation. One guy was even yelling, crowd noise, crowd noise. <laughs> I mean, they're having some fun out there, guys. That and, is you know, they've been waiting a long time for this. And I'm not trying to paint a rosy picture and say, oh, they're all, all for one and happy, happy, joy, joy. So they're going to the Super Bowl. I bet everybody's happy right now, but, you know, they're happy. What, what, what's wrong with that? based on where we've been. And Mike, to your point about the testing and hard knocks and whatnot, like it's easy for us to be like, oh yeah, they get tested every day, no big deal. But like when you watch it, it just looks so uncomfortable. You know, they stick that swab pretty deep into their nose every day and a lot of us don't like needles and they're taking blood and like, they gotta do this every day. This does not look like a good time. Yeah. 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 Wearing the masks, right. as, uh, you know, as, as uh, McVeigh pointed out, you don't don't take a dump in the porta potty that's on the field. <laughs> you know, it's, all, it's a lot of protocols you got to follow. But mm-hmm. uh, meetings you know, are so different. far so good. Is it, it's not what we're used to. It's not what it used to be. And who knows where it's going? But uh, it's, for right now, okay, I'm I'm okay with everything. To your point, Mike, I think, and, and we're uh, we're a couple weeks into this now with the teams being at their facilities and doing and doing all the the, the workouts and stuff. We haven't heard of a bunch of guys testing positive in the NFL. No, since this whole not. thing started, and, and, and people were talking about, oh, this the NFL can't work without the bubble. They got to do a bubble, and I think we're finding out that what they're doing is is working pretty well. They got to be happy with the results thus far. Thrilled. Yeah, I mean, you had some guys testing positive early as they were coming into mm-hmm. into this situation, but I think I, I think people didn't realize how much of a bubble they were actually putting these guys in. It's it's a it's a if you're if you've got them in your facility for twelve hours a day, they're right. in a bubble because they're going home and going to sleep. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they're going to the clubs. And yeah, yeah. But but even the young guys have said, uh, you know, Highsmith. Uh, uh, so I'm not going to be the guy that messes this up. You know, right. like nobody th- wants to be respo- that guy. There is some responsibility being taken. Dare I say, better than the general population. In some Probably place. true. I, I dare you do. Yeah, I think you do. Um, certainly, uh, you know. Listening to something this morning, and, and they were talking about how all these college campuses are, are uh, you know, t- talking about how the students can't be trusted because they're they're going out to bars and stuff. And I would say this about that: um, you've closed down all the rec centers, you've closed down like libraries and that kind of stuff on these college campuses. What do you expect these kids to do when you're bringing them back to school? Yeah, they're not going to sit around in their in their dorm room or their apartment. They're going to go out. Uh, they're young no, people, they, but yeah. we're not seeing we're not seeing that at the NFL level. We're not seeing a bunch of guys. Hey, so and so was at the club last night. Uh, nobody wants to be that guy. And, and I can promise yeah. you, with my years of being around a college football team, there's no doubt in my mind that college football players will get in far more trouble and put themselves in harm's way way more if there's not a season. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, again, uh, if everything slows and you're just going to class. Um, you're gonna drink a lot. You're gonna go out. You're gonna be a college. You know, I mean, you're gonna be a college kid. You're, you're gonna, gonna be eighteen. Right, eighteen you know? to twenty-one year olds do not are not the most cognitive. They don't have the great oh. reasoning skills. I mean, there is a lot of the majority of their days as a college athlete is scripted. I mean, yeah, they don't have time here to study hall to. to you know, and that's the situation table. these players are in right now. Again, you've got them for essentially twelve hours a day. I mean, we're talking tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Saturday. To Mason Rudolph at nine fifteen a.m. and the Steelers practice is from six to eight. <laughs> right, right. They're there all day long. Yeah, they're not yeah, on they're Saturday. Busy, right. Like 
this is an all-day event, you know, and this is sleep this well is what, the night before. Yeah, this is what hurt. practice is like for them, and you know, so I think that's a big part of it. You know, Mike, Matt, and I were talking about one thing this morning uh, earlier today on the show. I should say this afternoon, um, and, and he asked on me, the drive. On we the drive, did the drive today. Yeah, we both did the drive today. We did, and we were talking about when did the Steelers start working on giant stuff, and we were talking about. It, I'm like, well, I don't know if they can. Giants have a new coaching staff. It's it's you know it's a, a, a what are you first, going a off first year of? quarterback? What are you going off of if you're looking at okay, what are the Giants going to throw at us here in Week One? The, you know you, you've got Jason Garrett there as the offensive coordinator. You're looking back at Cowboy stuff from two or three years ago, and he was still calling the plays. He hasn't called plays in forever. Yeah, yeah. and they're a very vanilla offense in Dallas too. You know, I mean, I, we were. I think, what I, we were some, I think I would uh, start with every play that Saquon Barkley's ever run. That would be yeah. a good place to start. Like, hey, let's key on twenty six. Uh, that's yeah. the guy we got to stop. Let's take that guy away and see if they got something else up their sleeve. But that's <laughs> it's a really good. It's a really good question. Somebody maybe ought to ask uh, Mike Tomlin about that. Might have to do that tomorrow. Um, and by the same token, you know, we've talked a lot about why the Steelers will have an advantage over the Giants with their continuity. But in this kind of situation, that continuity makes it easier for the Giants to prepare for them. Yeah, you watch 2019 Steeler defense, you'll be like, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you, you can understand it, but uh, dealing with it's another anybody. thing. Right. Especially if you're the Giants. <laughs> I do wonder what their timing's like in terms of, okay, when does it? When do you act like it's in-season game prep time as opposed to getting out of training camp mode? Because essentially usually right now, they we're, we're – Usually they did that the, the – the third game, right, Dale? Because the fourth week was which would have been this week. Would have been this weekend. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it was a Thursday. Uh, the, the fourth game was always a Thursday game, so they would they would be back at the facility for uh, the third game, and they would be prepping that usually like it was a regular season. Right, but they'd had a lot more under their belt by now too, in terms of a lot more. Right. Yeah, I mean, you would think the Giants are still trying to install a lot of stuff, whereas the Steelers are the install's done. <laughs> I mean, you, they haven't finished their laps yet. But that doesn't mean the young guys <laughs> caught up, you know, right? Yeah, they're still running laps with the coach. Still running laps. But, you know, we, when we get to Monday. George Mitch, you do 10 more. <laughs> we get to Monday, the Steelers are going to be three weeks away from their home from their opener. I mean, you're. Wow. Think about that. And that's what. Every other team would have played already. You know, we're. Right. And everybody else is going to have played. I mean, that, that yeah. opener is coming on the 10th. It's, it's three weeks from today the league opens up. Yeah, I guess you're right. How great is that? I mean, it's probably not that great for for Kansas City and uh, Houston, but uh, it's great for us as viewers. <laughs> and I mean, and with no preseason, I, I need to see something new to talk about, man. I hear you. I de- yeah. definitely hear you on that one. But uh, yeah, we'll see where this whole thing goes. But I I, I think it's going to be fascinating this year to see how. Again, bringing it back around to Danny Smith when I asked him earlier this week, is it going to be sloppier? On special teams, there's going to be some sloppy play. There's going to be some teams that come out yeah. crisp and and and. You know, I think that the teams that have that that uh, continuity, it's going to go a long way. I it really is. Yeah. Jim Marshall running the wrong way. Somebody's going to say we see something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's COVID's fault. Anyways, Mike, we're going to let you go. We appreciate you uh, stopping by as you do every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow when we wrap up practice as the Steelers uh, finish off that uh, first week. They'll be back on the practice field tomorrow at Heinz Field. Uh, but he is Mike Pursuta of the uh, DV Morning Show and, uh, of course, the Steelers Radio Network. I'm Dale Lally uh, here with Matt Williamson, also of the Steelers Radio Network. And uh, we're going to uh, continue with the second hour of the training camp report right after this.
Alrighty. Fold them again. Welcome back. If, in case you haven't figured this out yet, uh, the songs being played today are songs that <laughs> Wes's father's band does not play. <laughs> Stuff Wes liked when he was a kid. Wes's father plays in the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. I don't think any of those are on the uh, the playlist, right? Not on the playlist. Not on the playlist. Although I don't know if you guys know, like once or twice a year they do, like they'll do a concert where they'll do all Queen music, or they do a concert I saw the where Zeppelin they do one. I was there too. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. Yeah, it was my, awesome. My they, wife, they'll right. do all Rolling Stones, or they'll do all. So they do do some some fun stuff like that. But '90s, yeah, I don't know if they're doing much Pearl Jam or Nirvana. <laughs> Not a lot of grunge. So. No. Not a lot of grunge. Right. Doesn't lend itself well to <laughs> no, the right. to the horn section it, in the strings. Sure you'll, you'll like this. <laughs> Clarinets. Like six or seven. Like six or seven <laughs> years ago, they did a, an All Grateful Dead show. Oh, okay. I'm sure you were there for that. I was not. I was in co- ah. I was in college at the time. So, oh, okay. you know, I was I was down in, in Morgantown. I wasn't going to come back just for one night. But my dad said, and I'm sure you guys can pick up where I'm going with this, that there was such an odor in Heinz Hall hmm. that they decided, nah, we can't really do Grateful Dead music anymore. Ever that's again. Not, that's not really the Heinz Hall crowd. Ever again. <laughs> there was, yeah. right. He said that they opened the doors to let people in, and it was just, you guys know what odor I'm talking about, just wafting everywhere throughout Heinz Hall. You're talking about B.O.? <laughs> yeah, obviously, because yeah. hippies, right? Don't yeah, shout. Right. It was Gumbars. It was patrulli. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, looking around the NFL, I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson here on the training camp report. That was Wesley Euler <laughs> jumping in there, chiming in. Uh, but uh, Cleveland Browns, they've, they've had some issues already at, at, yeah. at training camp. The Bengals and Browns both have been a little, little toffee turvy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today, cornerback Kevin Johnson, who was a former first-round draft pick that of the guy's Texans, some issues. Uh, admitted to a local hospital after he suffered an abdominal injury during practice on Wednesday, tests showed today that uh, Johnson suffered a laceration to his liver and will remain right. in the hospital for at least 24 hours. Ugh. If you're going to do damage to your liver, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy's a former first-round pick, and he's just had hardship after hardship. Some of it are below-average play. You know, yeah. This is his third team already. I think he was drafted with Artie Burns. He's right? 28 he's now, yeah. He's class. Uh, no, he was, year before, he was a year earlier, yeah. Okay. So... But, I mean, it's not a crucial blow to the team. could be to his body. I mean, I'm hoping the guy is fine. Don't get me wrong. But just from a football perspective, he's a hard guy to count on anymore. I mean, teams just take flyers on him. Yeah. Former first-round pick. That... Speaking of uh, Brown's injury news, uh, Nick Chubb still in the concussion protocol. But uh, running backs coach uh, Stump Mitchell says he's in meetings. He's doing, I would say, extremely well to be able to be in meetings. He's not having any problems in terms of headaches Good. or anything like that. So he's doing well. It's just a matter of time before he is cleared. Um, but uh, they're going to be very careful with Nick Chubb and sure. the concussion. It's a small deal compared to the passing game and protections and things like that. But that zone-based running game is really timing-based more than you think. I mean, it's... Five dancing bears, synchronized yeah. swimming, flow, moving flow, flow, hit it and go. Right. Yeah. And so there is a timing aspect to it. 
And some of it, too, is with the linemen. Should I double this guy and then move to the next one? Or you got him, I got him. You know, and so those reps would be valuable with the new, you know, new stuff implemented, especially the fullback. He doesn't run, he doesn't run with the fullback right. last year. Right, yeah. Uh, continuing with the Browns, with uh, Mac Wilson, uh, their inside linebacker, out indefinitely with a significant knee injury. Uh, it looks like a, a yeah. pretty bad uh, hyperextension. The Browns are having veteran linebacker Malcolm, Malcolm Smith in for a workout. Uh, he was, uh, of course, Smith, a Super Bowl, former Super Bowl MVP, mm-hmm. uh, was briefly Seattle. with the Jaguars and Cowboys last season, briefly being the key word. Now, to say, I mean, he signed a huge contract after that. Kind of the uh, who's the Cowboy that picked off Neil O'Donnell and signed a huge contract and then faded away? You know, Brown, whatever. Yeah. His, Larry he's Brown. kind of that guy, you know, yeah. that made a big splash on a national stage. A team that wasn't real bright signed him to a lot. <laughs> now he's just looking for any work he can get. But he's played in a league at least. He's played. You know, there's a lot of those guys out there, though. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill left practice with a hamstring injury today, and the defensive end Alex Okafor was also among the Chiefs who left okay. practice today. He's got a calf issue. so The Chiefs haven't had the easiest offseason either, by yeah. the way. Again, we're three weeks out from the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Actually, three weeks exactly for them. Mm-hmm. And Tyreek Hill with a, a hamstring injury, not a good thing that you want no. on. I mean, their interior line and corner situation is downright frightening. You hope Tyreek is just – if he would have been the sixth receiver, he'd have still been out there. You know, right. hey, Tyreek, why don't you shut it down? You yeah. know, but, but who knows? I mean, yeah, they get hurt too. We'll see. It could be serious. We don't know. Uh, we'll find out again probably a little closer to the start of the regular season. Teams don't have to put out an injury say, We're not going to know anything. Yeah. You know, like for your fantasy draft, should I take Tyreek? He's, he hasn't practiced yeah. in This two may weeks. be, a, you know, all of a sudden it lingers and it's, you know, six-week hamstring injury. Yeah, I mean, it could be a reasonable one that he's too good to put on IR and we would never know the difference. You know, like A.J. Green. Yeah. Um, Bronco, for the Broncos, uh, rookie wide receiver, K.J. Hamler will be sidelined for some time. Really? Uh, Coach Vic Fangio said – that Hamler will miss a few weeks with a hamstring injury. There we go. I mean, that's See, the he's the, the perfect guy for those type of things. Too. Yeah, the hamstring injury with the with the speed guys. Yeah, we were talking about Marquise Brown on the earlier show today. Yeah, you know those little speed Lamborghini types. This is not a great off season for them. Uh, linebacker Von Miller with an elbow, hmm. and uh, running back Melvin Gordon with ribs uh, were limited in practice, and the linebacker Todd Davis was carted off with an injury. Wow. He's their second guy. I mean, Anthony Johnson's really stepped yeah. up and is their every-down linebacker. But Davis is pretty much a starter. I mean, he's kind of their Vince Williams. Right. You know, something like that. So, you know, again, t- test your depth early on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing got some teams. Wow. This happened to some like teams. You don't like carted off. No, you don't like to hear that at all. Uh, the Jaguars activated running back uh, Rykel Armstead. He is their uh, main backup. Yeah. Uh, and rookie offensive lineman Trevor Wallace-Sims from the reserve COVID list. Uh, Armstead spent 18 days on the list while Wallace Sim was on there for 24 days. I don't know anything about the lineman, to be honest with you. but It's going to be very tough for a guy to make the roster. Say, that the, poor guy. Yeah. I mean, how do you, he was how a do you make round, a mark? Right. Fifth-round pick out of uh, Temple. Um, yeah. as, as for Armstead, he may be their starter by the trade, de- trade deadline. I mean, he's the clear two behind Fournette. I wrote an article about deep sleeper running backs for fantasy, and he was headlined there. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's Not much in front of him. Uh, safety Ronnie Harrison is on is in concussion protocol for them, uh, and tight end Josh Oliver with a foot injury is headed to injured reserve, according to uh, Doug Marone. He has uh, a, of he my has... hot young tight end list, he's on it, but at the very bottom. You yeah, know, he's not Gasecki and Herndon and those guys, but he has some talent too. He missed a lot of time last year, so 
I thought he was kind of like these deep dynasty leagues. I mean, I own him as like my 25th guy on my roster. Yeah. I had a little bit of hope for him. And now, I mean, who knows how much to look into it. But I keep hearing, boy, Tyler Eifert looks like a new guy down there. I mean, I'm not sure I'm buying it. But <laughs> I, at one point, I loved Tyler Eifert. And that was a long time ago. Though. So did a lot of Steeler fans who wanted the Steelers to draft Tyler Eifert. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Right. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not putting That was a lot of... uh, many moons and plenty of injuries ago. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not putting a lot of chips on that one, but. Something to think about. Uh, for the Patriots, receiver Nikhil Harry and cornerback Steve, uh, Stephon Gilmore were not present at Thursday's practice. This has now been a couple of days with uh, Harry. Yeah, he needs um, to be out there. Yeah, I mean, this they is a guy need you need to work on that timing with, with the quarterbacks out there. And man, it's just not uh, not yeah. looking good. Yeah, say so Harry's somebody they really. We talked about him yesterday. I think. I mean, if anyone's going to step up and really carry this passing game to some degree. I don't think it's Edelman at this stage. I know it's not Sanu. He's the one Harry's with the, the one that has the pedigree. The pedigree, least, yeah. You know? I mean, they used a first-round pick on him, but this wouldn't be the first time that Bill Belichick has used a first-round pick on a wide receiver, and it's not worked out. Yeah, a lot of early picks on receivers that have not worked out. And I mean, how much is Harry and Newton thrown together? Not much. Not much at all. Yeah. Uh, the Lions placed defensive tackle Ja'Shawn Cornell on IR, release fullback Luke Sellers. Uh, Detroit signed running back Wes Hills and receiver uh, Chris Lacey. Don't know much about any say, of those I can't guys. have a whole lot to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the Jets, receiver uh, Denzel Mims, cornerback Pierre Desir, nickelback Brian Poole, edge rusher Jabari Zaninga, and receiver returner Braxton Berrios did not practice again on Thursday. That that list has been pretty much the same all week long. Brian Poole has been say, good. sitting with, with dehydration all week. Yeah, he's... On that team, it's easy to overlook him, but he's one of the better slot corners out there. I mean, it's, their corner position's bad, but it's not the slot corners' problem. It's like the rest of the defense, the the edges, the outside linebackers, the the corners. No Mosley, no Jamal Adams. If this guy's missing time too, like it could be a bad year for the Jets. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just there's a lot of things going against that it's, team it's right now. It's certainly not stacking up real well for them early on. Um, <clears throat> for the Bengals, A.J. Green with the hamstring injury did not practice again today, uh, according to the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um, it's been 23 games. Not, since they're going to have a scrimmage tomorrow, and he is not participating. Not that that's surprising. But no, but I mean, we. I, I said this this morning. I heard it on the way in here. I was like, he hasn't played in 23 games. I mean. I think it's interesting that they're doing a team scrimmage. I was wanting to think about that, too. Like, yeah. Are teams going to do that? Is that something? Well, obviously, I mean, they are, and I wonder how that's going to work. I mean, you, I mean, it's really, I guess, kind of what the Steelers do with their ones against ones. I guess you can call it whatever you want. And they go you live. Want. You can call it right. whatever you want. I mean, they just do situational things mm-hmm. as a scrimmage where they'll work on uh, one day they're going to work on third. It's all third, third and longs. It's all third and longs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to win, you know, those, those third and longs. You start, you start with seven shots or you – um, you know, this inside run drill is, is uh, you know, all live and it's ones against ones or That's two minutes. That's the beauty drill. of, like, when teams visit each other in camp, let's just do situational stuff. Because, you know, and you, you stuff do that a, doesn't come up in a necessarily in a preseason game. Or like, yeah, you, you'd call the Lions coach and say, hey, we really want to work on third and long on defense. Okay, I'll do that if you give us goal line on offense. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. And, we want to, we want to kick the, we want to work on kickoffs for 20 plays. And we're right. Just, we're right. just going to kick it off and let these guys run down under it and see who stays in their lane. In our preseason <laughs> game, we only had five kickoffs. We right. need more. Or none. Or none. I mean, that's, you know, right. that always bothers me. You see this all the time, and, and I never understood it. A lot of preseason games, they they get their kickers kicking the ball through the end zone. (laughs) 
<laughs> wouldn't you want to see what these like? Okay, I, I guess you can see. Are they running down in the lanes the right way? Yes, I'd rather see them tackle somebody I'd rather see or them, adjust yeah. to a moving rabbit. You know, I mean, come on. You know, I'd want to see. You want to see your return guy return a kick or two? Right. I mean, it should be almost a rule. I mean, like you should get fined if you kick it out of the end zone right. or shot yeah, or something. I mean, that's, right. I like, don't understand that. That is a, a real pet peeve. Like you can't. Pro- maybe we should ask Danny Smith that some <laughs> evening or something and be like. Why does anybody ever do that? Doesn't anybody want to get better? It's crazy. You could do that on your own. You could do the other twenty-one players don't even have to be on the field, right? Just <laughs> send the kicker out there and blast kick this it ball through the, the end zone. Right. Good work, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that just drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, the 49ers announced the signings of uh, wide receiver Jerron Brown, safety Jonathan Cyprian, and offensive lineman uh, Hieronis Grasso to one-year deals, and defensive back Evan Foster to a three-year deal. They placed uh, wide receiver Jalen Hurd with a torn ACL on injured reserve. Wave cornerback Demarcus AC and linebacker Jonas Griffin. These are all guys, Brown, Cyprian, and Grasso, are all guys who played in the league. I say they all have a little bit of a pedigree. Yeah. They obviously have wide receiver issues. They Foster, played against I Brown. I don't, know much, I don't know much about Foster. They signed him to a three-year three deal. deal. I was like, um, maybe he was a find that this, you get one of those deals that – he hasn't hardly made any money in this league, so we're going to lock him up while we can. Yeah, I don't know if maybe he was an XFL guy or something yeah, that they I, I, maybe like. He must be doing something well. Yeah, I mean, to get um, a three-year deal out of this. Grosso's a center that fits their zone scheme well, You know, kind of a thinner guy that runs well. And uh, Cyprian's done good things in this league, too. Made and a lot of money. What's that? He's made a lot of He's money. He's made a lot of money in this yeah. league, right. That team, more than even Seattle or even Atlanta or Jacksonville that runs that cover three, they're real strict about it. So Cyprian is their chancellor type. Yeah. You know, that fits that defense well. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles announced they've claimed uh, wide receiver Travis Fulgham off waivers. He was released by the Packers on Wednesday. Yeah. Fulgham, I hardly even knew him. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and uh, finally, that, right. the Carolina Panthers uh, announced they have claimed kicker Kari Vedvik off waivers. Vedvik was released Wednesday by the Bills, who tried him out primarily as a punter. He's a native of Norway. He's been bouncing around roster since week one of 2019 when he was quickly cut after the Jets, or, or by the Jets after a missed field goal, missed point after attempt in his NFL debut. Um, Obviously, that's not our shattering news. But I wonder if he's your practice squad guy you've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly... They signed kicker who this team tried him as a punter. Yeah. You'd stick him out there, and if anybody gets COVID in your kicking game, he's your backup. He's only taking up one spot on right, your practice right, right. squad. Why not? Yeah, maybe he's that guy. Yeah. Maybe it's a trend. Although, you know, you could bring in anybody who's going to miss a field goal and a point after attempt. <laughs> right, I could do that. You want to keep me on the practice squad? I can right, do that right. for him. <laughs> Carolina Panthers signed 50-year-old kicker. <laughs> and they're going to try him as a potter. You can't do either. <laughs> Well, some people would say I can't talk much on the radio either, so there's that. Uh, Anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. And one of the great things we get to do is play back a lot of the uh, interviews that uh, yeah, a lot of good ones this week. People like myself and Mike take part in uh, with yeah. uh, 
with the players as they uh, as they roll through this, and we're, we're getting you know three and four guys a day, so we don't get the opportunity to necessarily play them all back. And one guy we have not played back on our show is a guy who's very critical to the Steelers' hopes this year. Yeah, again, Stephon Tuitt. Yes, who Stephon Tuitt. We both thought, I think, was playing as well, if not better, than anyone on the team the minute he went down. And that's saying something. I mean, I think his tape was the most impressive of anyone on the team's life. Yeah, he looked like he was really stepping up and you know potentially looking at a Pro Bowl-type season, and then boom, it was over just like that. Mm-hmm. So, I'll get right into it. He had a lot of good stuff to say, right? Yeah, these uh, Steeler Training Camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's what Stefan Tuitt had to say. Hey, Stefan, how are you? I'm doing well, Tim. How are you? Good. Uh, just a question about the uh, defense coming back with you reinserted along the defensive line and how much that could help this team getting off to a quicker start than what you guys have managed the last couple of years with so much the defense coming back. Uh, how quickly can that help you guys get into gear in September? Um, I just think we got a good group of veteran guys that, you know, been here, play here long enough to understand the defense, um, to be able to just pick back up where they left off at. Um, I'm just going to keep coming back and do what I've been doing so far, inserting my role back into my position and working hard every day to be back acclimated with the defense. All righty, let's go to Joe Rudder. Joe, go ahead. Hey, Stefan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you? Good, good. Hey, uh, you know, Cam went through the same thing you did a few years ago with the torn pec. Were you able to, you know, rely on him for how to get through this? And, you know, how are you just doing right now? And how's the recovery been? Uh, recovery been well. Um, I got a chance to get my pec back stronger than it was even before. Um, like you said, Cam had went through this situation, I think, within a couple of years ago for me. And um, he's been a great liable resource for me to be able to talk to and uh, understand from a recovery standpoint on uh, how to handle my injury. All righty, let's go to Mark Caboli. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Stefan, what's up? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you? Pretty darn good. Um, my question is, with the pec and the surgery, I know it might have been a different surgery than maybe a J.J. Watt, but he was able to come back late in the year. Was there any uh, thought of – maybe trying to come back late for you, uh, late in the season for you at all? Um, I think that was the goal for us working for. We would have made the playoffs, but that just didn't happen. Thanks. All righty, let's go to Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Stefan. Um, I saw the Instagram post that you posted over the summer just about what the flag means to you and, and your intention to stand for it. And I read that you said – you know, in regards to police brutality and the Black Lives Matter moment, you're going to support those causes through other means. Just curious kind of what those other means are and what have the discussions been with your teammates about what you guys will do for the flag and, and during the national anthem this season? Um, you know, that's just pertaining to me. And that's just how I feel morally on the subject at hand. Um, that's just my beliefs of what I want to do. Um, I, I, we, we haven't got together as a team yet. Um, to talk about it, but um, for me specifically, um, that's just how I feel about the subject. All righty, let's move on to Mike Prezuda. Mike, go ahead. Oh, 
Alrighty, let's go to Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, are you on? Hey, Stefan, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Hey, uh, I was wondering, are you confident that the anthem issue won't be a divisive issue for this team? You guys have it worked out. Everyone can be on the same page. I am very confident. The same thing. Can you expand on that? Why do you think you guys can, can make it work that way? Um, I have nothing to expand on that at all. I'm just very confident that it will work out for our team. Thanks, much today. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry, so we kept pulling. We're good. We're good. Paul Thomas. What the world's going on? You can hear me. Yeah, I got booted. You got booted? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to reconnect to the Zoom. If you, okay, if, um, if you want to try to um, run it, you can. I just, I'm having a wireless issue over here. Got it. Okay. All right, guys, sorry about the technical issues. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Dayon over at DK. Dayon, are you on? Actually, it's Dale, but uh, oh, Dale. Hey, how's it going, Dale? Good. How you doing, Stefan? Hope the family's well. I uh, just wanted to, to ask you: was the was the injury that you suffered at all related to the one that you had had previously with the with the uh, the bicep? Was this at all interrelated? No, it was not. So you feel like that, that this is uh, just a completely different situation? It's just kind of been freakish kind of things. Yes. Uh, just whiplash from being on Phillip Rivers as I was about to take him down, and it just popped. Thanks. All right, we're going to go to Brian Batco, Post-Gazette. Brian, are you on? Yeah, hey, Stefan, thanks for doing this. Um, How you doing, Brian? Good, good. Uh, you know, you talked about you and Cam. You, you've both kind of been through the pec injury thing, and, and now Cam's – going through a contract situation that, that you've been through. And, uh, and specifically with you, you kind of took it right up to uh, the night before the, the season in 2017. Just, I know those decisions are made above your head, but uh, you know, how valuable is Cam to this team and how much can you relate to what he's going through now, uh, given the, the situation you were in a few years back? Um, you know, Cam is a great player and a great individual off the field. Um, I think the Steelers know what they're doing. Like you said, this is above my pay grade and what I do. Um, but I think everything will work out well for him. Thanks, Stefan. All right, next, let's go to Will Gray's Associated Press. Will, are you on? Yeah, I am. Hey, Stefan. Um, you know, when you, you look at where the defense is, you've got a lot of young guys, especially in the back end. But, I mean, up front, you know, Cam is in a contract here on the edge. Bud is, you know, who knows what Bud's deal is going to be. You lost Javon because he, he got paid elsewhere. I mean, does it feel like for that – that front group there and, and, and maybe the edge guys that this is sort of like a, I don't want to say a last stand for this specific group, but you guys are sort of like, it's, it's kind of a now or never situation. 
for every year we treat it as if we have one goal in mind and that's to make it to the Super Bowl. So I think for us, it's just going to be business as usual. And um, that's how we're going to treat it. And at the end of the year, we'll let the pieces fall where they lay. When you were watching um, the, uh, the guys rack up the sacks last year, I mean, you guys were so effective getting the quarterback third year in a row. What specifically about the front guys up front did, did you like and what did you feel like you were missing out? Like, man, I, I had a chance to eat last year and I didn't get to just because of, of what happened. Yeah, what happened to me was a freaking nature accident, but we have a bunch of guys that's able to get into the backfield and cause um, a lot of chaos and a lot of distress for the quarterback. And I'm excited to be back to be able to put my hand in a pile and do that too as well. All righty, we got time. Sorry, everybody, my computer dropped me from the Zoom, but we're, I'm back. Um, we'll have time for one more. Um, Aditi Kunkabala, if you're on. Aditi, go ahead. Hello, hello. Uh, as you look at this defense and the speed of this defense, tell me, do you feel that this could be the fastest defense that you've been a part of since you've been here? And what does that speed enable this defense to do? We have a very good defense. And um, like you said, we have a lot of guys on the field that could get sideline to sideline very quickly. And that enables us to do a lot of things within our defense that many other defenses probably can't do with the type of unique skill set that a lot of our players have. So I'm very excited to be able to see what the defensive coordinator and Coach Tom have a plan for us for game situations. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll bring in Benny here momentarily. Uh, just be patient with us. That was Steelers defensive tackle, Stephon Tuitt. Is he defensive tackle? I was wondering what's the... I guess he's defensive end is what they list him as, but he's the same position as Cam Hayward, who they list as defensive tackle. Right. That's a whole different can of worms. Right. That's a pursuit of conversation. (laughs) Um, But uh, feeling good, feeling healthy, and the Steelers need him to feel good and healthy this season. He's a huge key uh, to what they want to do. If they're going to be better on defense in 2020 than what they were, people say, how could this defense be better? It could be better because of Stephon Tuitt. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, first uh, first five games of last season, he had three and a half sacks and six uh, tackles for – seven tackles for a loss. Um, Monster. Yeah, I mean – And we talked about this earlier in the show. I mean, the the D-line depth is a little worse than last year, a little more concerning. If he were to go down again, all of a sudden it would be very, very concerning. Um, But he, he can be a special player. We've player. seen it, right? We've seen. It. I mean, you know, even two years ago uh, in the opener against Cleveland, when he's out there in the first two of the first three plays in the of the season, and he's again he's storming the castle, and then gets mm-hmm. hurt, and wasn't the same player the rest of the season, even though he did come back and play. Uh, this is a guy who's been a little snake bitten with the injuries, and man, if he gets it together and plays all sixteen, we haven't really gotten to see him and Cam Hayward. Healthy right, both for a long run, stretch of run, time, yeah, and that that could be scary for an opposing offense. I mean, he has the most Charles Jefferson moments of anyone on that defense. He does tackle yeah. by Jefferson, yeah, yeah. maiming by, by Jefferson. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this with uh, another interview. This one, Benny Snell, uh, he spoke uh, with uh, reporters earlier this week as well. We'll get to that right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, uh, Matt, uh, we just heard from Stephon Tuitt, who's a, uh, a big key for the Steelers this year. I, I think the Steelers kind of hope that Benny Snell doesn't have to be a big key for them. Sure. But 
I think he showed last year that uh, if if needed, uh, he, if called upon, he is there to yeah. uh, to be that guy. And again, we've talked about him a lot the last couple of days, and I'm warming up to him more and more. You know, I kind of looked at him like he's kind of a heavy-footed plotter, volume guy. And I like that he's cut a little bit of weight. You know, he certainly works hard. So yeah, I'm yeah, and that's why I asked him, uh, and you'll hear this in the interview, he would have been a guy I would have liked to have seen in the preseason. To He'd see be high on the list. Yeah, to see what it yeah. looks like. That would have been um, great. And, and he wanted to do that as well, but we won't get to see that. Uh, but let's let's hear from him here. Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's Benny Snell. All right, everybody, appreciate your time. I uh, have Benny Snell here. Just a reminder, raise your hand, we'll call on you. And um, let's start with uh, Mark Caboli of The Athletic. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Benny, how are you doing? Um, my question is, uh, just by looking at you, you look like your little trim here. Um, how much was that you wanting to get in better shape in the offseason, the Steelers wanting you to get in better shape, and how do you think that will help you this season? I think it was um, kind of a group decision. You know, I felt like there were um, things that I could have worked on coming coming out of last year already to begin with. So um, Steelers gave me a plan. Um, I stuck to it, and I feel like it'll help me uh, a ton going into this year with – my lateral quickness, my speed, um, you know, me taking care of my body, the hits I can take, et cetera. All righty, let's move on to Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Benny, we've heard from uh, James Conner and a couple of, of the other guys how much the offense changes when Ben is back in there. Just from your perspective, how much does it change? How much better can the run game be? With uh, with Ben back in their quarterback, um, it's it's going to pick up tremendously. Um, Ben's able to change the pace of the game, um, be able to um, make the calls at the line um, much quicker. Makes us all one, um, you know, when we're out there. So um, it's huge that he's back. Um, it's exciting to see him out there, um, back a hundred percent, ready to go. Let's go to Mike Prezuda. Mike, go ahead. Benny, I'm, I'm curious, what did you take the most out of your experiences last year? And if you had to be the guy this year, could you be? Uh, the experience that I took from last year is um, it's, the, it's a lot of the little things you got to take care of, um, whether it's film, whether it's workouts, uh, whether it's knowing what you got to do for what play. Um, I feel like it's the, it's the little things. Um, that'll make it all come into place um, to take a bigger part. Thanks, Mike. Let's move on to Will Graves of the Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Hey, Benny. Um, you know, Coach Faulkner last week talked about how, you know, you show that you get better as the game goes on. But you look at the, what you guys have in the backfield, you added a guy in the offseason, so there might be fewer opportunities. Is there anything that you – I mean, is there anything to, like, quote, starting faster, or is it just, you know, sort of one of those deals where you're just going to have to kind of do what you do? Um, I, was, I was brought here to play football, and that's what I love doing. So I'm going to play my football 
uh, the best that I can whenever I'm out there. So we'll see from there. All righty, let's go to Brian Backo. Brian, go ahead. Hey, I have an actual question, but first, just wanted to um, get more of a clarification. Do, or, do you still weigh 224 as you're listed on the roster? I know they don't always update that stuff. Uh, no, sir. I'm actually 212 right now. Okay, thanks, Benny. All right, on to my actual question. Um, you know, Coach Tomlin, uh, players have talked about kind of what you have to do in this time of COVID-19. You guys aren't in a bubble like the NBA or the NHL. What do they tell you in terms of trying to kind of create that virtual bubble? I mean, is it as simple as like just make good decisions or are there actual, you know, advice in terms of like don't go to restaurants and stuff like that? Just what's the communication uh, been like from, you know, from the coaches and whatnot? So far it's been um, – it's been not avoid like big areas where there's a lot of people um, – me, myself, personally, I, I just go to work and I go home. Like, I have everything that I need, so I don't need to put myself in, um, you know, situations where there's other people there, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But we just keep it home and in here. All righty, let's uh, move on to Aditi Kinkobala. Aditi, if you're on, go ahead. Hey, Benny, there are a gazillion challenges in not having spring practices and having this like different training camp. When you look at that, what do you think is the biggest challenge to running backs? Is it ball security? Is it getting hit enough? Is it getting the physical work that you need? I mean, what's the piece that you're like, okay, I'm really going to have to focus on this? Good question. I, I think it's probably, maybe it's the getting hit, hit enough. Um, you don't get to get those live looks that you would normally get um, with different circumstances. Uh, getting a lot of fastballs, uh, getting a lot of change of the calls, um, a, lot of, a lot of things uh, come into play. But, you know, being, not being able to see that live look often uh, is pretty different. So I try to make the most whenever we're out there. All righty. Uh, let's move on to Dejan. Dejan, are you on this time? I think we missed you last time. No, it's still me, uh, Dale. Okay. Gotcha. Um, oh, Dale, you're on. Okay. Yeah. I got you now. Hey, Benny, uh, you got a decent amount of playing time last year, but you're still a second-year guy. Um, would you have liked to have had some preseason games to show off maybe some of that new lateral quickness, maybe uh, you know, show off a little more of your pass-catching skills in a game? I would. I, I definitely would, but, you know, we still have a whole season ahead of us, so – that, that's my opportunity. That's my chance. That's, that's why I'll, I'll try to show it. All right, we got time for two more. Uh, let's go to Tim Benz. Tim, go ahead. Benny, I was wondering if the coaches have spoken to the backs collectively about what they are looking at in terms of roles being carved out for you guys. Are they looking at everybody as a quote-unquote back by committee, or do you see individual jobs carved out for you guys? I would say that I think there's um, roles called carved out. You know, Jay Sam, for example, is a, a great back that can that shows his catching ability and what he can do, um, as well as being like a third down back. Um, and I would say the same for James. Like James has a different role in, in those beginning downs of how he can display on what what he can do. So um, I feel like that's amongst the coaches, but 
we, we as players, we play. All righty, we'll wrap it up with Jenna Harner. Jenna, go ahead. Hey, Benny, I know you guys have just put the pads on earlier this week, but what's impressed you, a guy in your second year, about the rookies the most? What interests me the most uh, is how, how the, the love for football. The love for football, they, they're, they're willing to learn. Um, I've, I've caught myself um, teaching a few guys um, some things that I, I was questionable about uh, last year being a rookie myself. So um, they have a love for the game. They want to get better. Um, they maximize what they can do when we're out there on the practice field. Um, so it's an exciting group. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, that'll wrap That was Steelers running back Benny Snell with the uh, media earlier this week. And um, yeah, some good stuff there. I thought he was uh, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he is. And that's it for us, huh? That is it for us. We'll be back again tomorrow to wrap up the week. Yeah. This is Friday. Two days for believe. us. We've been roaring through two days. We've been rolling Another through week. two days. This is training camp for us. And, Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I will not be there with you tomorrow oh, in the yeah, early afternoon. Man. I'll be the over at practice. And I, huh? It's you and uh, Adam Crowley. <laughs> but uh, you can hear uh, Tunch and Wolf early. Hear Wes Euler uh, pick things up at noon. Uh, then you and Crowley uh, from 1 to 3. Then Wes and Arthur Motes from 3 to 6. And I'll be back with Mike Persuda and yourself uh, from 6 to 8, bringing it on home, putting a, a cherry on top for the week. Uh, but for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Wes here on site, spinning the tunes and keeping us on the air. And for uh, we want to thank Mike Persuda for stopping by as well. I'm Dale Lally. Thank you for listening to the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.